What's up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Tabletop for Two podcast. I'm Brad Van Vutt. I'm Emily Van Vutt. So we are back after a little bit of a prolonged absence. Sorry, so, September's been a little crazy. Yeah, I was out of town for a week, and we've just been busy doing stuff. But the benefit of us not having recorded for a couple of weeks is the we fact that we have We got to play a, some stuff. We've got to play some stuff. We have a lot of new stuff to talk about, so it's going to be a pretty full episode. Um, later on, we're going to talk about the games that are being featured at Essen 2016 that we're really looking forward to, our, our kind of must-buys. Um, and we have, again, lots of games to talk about. Before we get to that, though, just a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, make sure you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Tabletop for Two for all of those sites. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. Uh, iTunes, Google Play Music, or any other podcatcher of your choice. You can find it there. And we're also on, uh, we have a Board Game Geek Guild as well, uh, number 2623. So check that out. Um, you know, episode postings. And if we have any news for the show, you can certainly find it there. So definitely give that a look. See. All right. Jumping right in. Um, what we've been playing, uh, we actually just played this last night and that's Harry Potter, the battle at Hogwarts. I was super excited about this when we went to our friendly local game store the other day. Someone who's sitting across the table from me withheld information because this has three of my favorite things. Harry Potter, cooperation, and deck building. In fairness, I felt that I was justified to do that until we dis- until I discovered if the game was actually worthwhile or not. Because and, if and you again, had seen it. No, no, no. <laughs> again, if it's going to be a crap game, I'm mm-hmm. not going to want it, whether it's Harry Potter or not. Okay. Do I have every Harry Potter game known to man? No. What do I have? I have Harry Potter Clue. I have Harry Potter Uno. That's about it. Okay. So... Well, yeah, because I, I knew that she would be more inclined to want to buy it if she saw Harry Potter. Um, but fortunately, there is a decent deck building game inside of it. Now, it's it's a pretty standard game. Like, like it doesn't do anything to light the deck building world on fire. You have two types of currency, much like an Ascension. You have coins. You have a power and yeah. you have a money. Right, and you're playing. Oh, when it's your turn, you're playing cards out of your hand. Um, there's also kind of some... Thunderstone elements in this one because you're fighting villains from the Harry Potter series and you have to go through like the whole deck of villains and there's only now mind you Brad has never read the books never nope. watched the movies nope. nothing so nada I had a field day last night listening to him try and say the different names of the spells and things like that it cracked me up <laughs> <laughs> I told her I was going to mispronounce names on purpose just to just to annoy just to me be a jerk about it. Um, I don't care because I'm getting him to play something Harry Potter related. Now, what's what's interesting about this is that they have when when you open the box up, the game is packed into seven different boxes, and so and it's intended for you to go through each game one at a time. And when you win, you move on to the next game where you add like more cards and more stuff to the game, and it's sort of legacy esque, I guess, but not really because you're not. I mean, you're changing parts of the game, but you're not making like huge groundbreaking changes to the right, game. It's right. just adding complexity as you go along. Um, I know that they, in the rule book, they say if you're familiar with deck builders, go ahead and skip right to game three and just unpack all that stuff, which we did. And then immediately after playing it, we just opened up all the rest of the boxes because yeah. game three was so stinking easy. It was. like We kind of cruised through it, so I'm like, okay, let's just open the rest of them. And as we were exploring the rest of the things, the Difficulty level ramps up considerably, so yeah, they do add they I'm, do add quite a bit. Of I'm things looking to it. forward to it. Um, so taking your Harry Potter <laughs> love from the game aside, what did you think about the game in general? Like I said, if I had to do it just based off like if game three was it, I'd be like, oh my god, why are we playing this? Right. But like I said, after opening and seeing that they're adding, you can get different abilities mm-hmm. to upgrade your characters and stuff like that. I really like that. I think that's a you know something that will help and uh, give it a little diversity. Yeah, I'm, to keep it around. I want to I want to reserve final judgment on the game until we've played with all the stuff basically. Because mm-hmm. yeah, like like I'm said, if we if if and and they're obviously they're marketing it to. An audience that's not 
you know, hardcore gamers, I don't think. Like, they're marketing more to Harry Potter fans than right. than anything else. Um, so I get why well, the complexity... I the mark on that one. Right. I, I get why the complexity <laughs> is cruising along. Right. Um, and it's a nice package. Like, it has nice tokens, and the cards are of good quality. The board's nice. Yeah, it's, I mean, uses the insert images from in the, the game show. is nice. Yeah. So it's, it's a nice package. Um, for me, like, since it's a cooperative deck-building game, I have to compare it to... Legendary, Legendary encounters, encounters and, and things of that nature, um, or even like Big Book of Madness, something like that, mm-hmm. I think is a better overall game. But obviously, if you're a fan of the license, then that's going to, you know, that's going to give you more incentive to play it, I guess. That's, I guess my point is that judging from just, you know, one play and also seeing what else was in the box, if you're looking for a really good cooperative deck building game, I think there are better options out there. But if you, if you do like Harry Potter, then at least there is a good game here to be had mm-hmm. um, that you can play also. Yes. Now, if if this would is this something you'd want to keep if it was a generic like fantasy theme? After after opening the stuff, uh huh. Yeah. Think so. Yeah. Okay. And like, like you said, because take take out the Harry Potterness. Mm-hmm. Okay. You still have the increasing difficulty. You still have the extras that it's adding in. It's adding in the dice. It's adding in, you know, the um, the different proficiencies and mm-hmm. things like that. I think that all helps, and that'll help actually make it better game down the line here. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, like, I just I need it to be more challenging. Like, and, it wasn't and, well, and also I think taking Harry Potter out of it again. Mm-hmm. It would be one of those we would keep for when Xander gets older. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because I think it would be an easier one for him to grasp. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. If and that like, makes and, sense. And this this does have the benefit of um, you can scale it up and down in difficulty. Like because the cards are clearly labeled as far as what game they come from. So like if you're playing with someone who's a big Harry Potter fan, but they don't really play games, you can take out a lot of the complexity and play a very simple game. Yeah, it's very boring if you're like a hardcore gamer. <laughs> but right. you know, it's the the options there. So but I mean overall it's a nice package. Um mm-hmm. I think it's priced correctly. It's like fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. Um which puts it in line with like Ascension stuff like that. And that's kind of it's kind of where the game lies, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so yeah, Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. Um, I would say if you are a big Harry Potter fan, then it's something you should go for. If you're just looking for a really good deck building game, I think that, and you don't care about Harry Potter, I think that there are other options that are out there that might be a little bit better. Agreed. Personally, um, we have two more victory point games to add to the slate that we've played recently. Um, I think they're both by the same designer, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the first one that we'll talk I don't about know, here. I have to check. Yeah, the first one we'll talk about here is Imperial Stars 2. Um, this is a very dialed down 4X style game um, where you each have this competing fleet and you're, uh, you're trying to colonize and settle. Well, really, you're trying to conquer the other player's home base, but you're doing that through settling different systems in the star system that are out there. Um, and it's very kind of cool how they do it, because when you when you set up the game, you have your starting ships, and each ship has different specialties. Like, you have your combat ships, you have a colonization, like a diplomacy ship that's really good at colonizing but stinks. In, in combat situations, mm-hmm. and you have like, you know, short range fighters and long ranges and that kind of thing. Um, and when it's your turn, uh, you have a number of operations points that you can spend. And those points can be spent moving your ships around, um, deploying new ships. And I actually kind of dig the way they do ship deployment in this game because all of your other ships are face down on your player mat. So when you're deploying new ships to the board, you're actually doing it blind. You don't get to really see. Um, what ships you'll have, so you can't spam any strategy. You have to have, kind of have to, you know, play with the hand that's dealt to you. Um, and you're you're trading turns as you go through. Um, there's also a time limit on the game. Uh, if if you play a certain number of rounds without somebody winning, um, and that's and and also as you colonize the different planets on the board, you'll get these like one shot abilities that you can spend on your turn as well. They might get you more ops points that you could order like orbital strikes on your opponent's territories and stuff like that. Yeah, jerkwad. Yeah. Um, combat is also nice and simplified in this game as well, um, where 
when you and your opponent occupy the same space at the end of one of your turns, um, you fight it out. Basically, short-range fighters get to fire a volley of shots, then the big cruisers get to fire their super weapons, and then the short-range fighters that are short-range fighters that are left also get to fire again. But it's done through this very simple dice rolling system. Basically, your whole fleet, both both players' fleets fire simultaneously, so you don't have to keep you know, doing dice roll after dice roll after dice roll and making these calculations. It's got a real easy table. Um, I wasn't sure how you would feel about this game. Um, I had a feeling that I would like it, and I liked it very much. I liked it once I got the hang of it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it, it kind of was a little wonky for me at first. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know what to do because there's just like... There was so much to do, but I felt like I couldn't because, I mean, all the ships have a certain movement value. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I felt like, especially like when we were trying to, when I wanted to fight you, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I would always go and I'm like, okay, I have this planned out. And then I realized that one of my ships doesn't have enough movements to get to where I need it to go. And right. I was like, son of a bee. Yeah, and you can, and you can move groups of ships together, but you have to respect the lowest movement value right. of the ship and the fleet. Um, the other thing I really think is cool about this game is that there are four different maps that come with it. And each map has different types of terrain for lack of a better term yes. that's having space i think that's very cool because i think that'll mix it up a little bit i'm looking forward to getting out some of the other maps yeah they have they have like nebulas in the game that you can kind of cruise <laughs> I'm, around i'm looking at like the player aid or whatever and mm-hmm. i'm like hey how come i didn't see this he goes it's not on this map yeah I'm like so they have they have singularities that you can use to kind of slingshot your ships really quickly around a certain mm-hmm. area. So it's it's very neat. I mean, if if you guys, if any of you listening have ever played uh, GMT Space Empires 4X, this is like a very pared down, simplified, like can be played in 30, 30 minutes to an hour version. It was very cool of that style game. I liked it a lot actually. I enjoyed I was, it. I was I was very big on that. I wasn't sure because like you you know how I am with those games. I'm I'm either I either love it or I hate it pretty mm-hmm. much. And this one's more towards the love side. It was not like, oh my god, I love this absolutely, you know, instantly. Yeah, and 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 the thing, and this will fly in the face of the next game that we talk about. But the thing that I really enjoyed about it is that it's for for a war game like this that has a lot of minutia type things going on. There, it's not very fiddly, which I think is a very important thing to keep the flow of the game yeah, going. It's so. very straightforward and simple. Yep. So you that's, gotta do you do movements, you can do attacks, you can do this, you can do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, can't get any simpler than that. Absolutely. So that that's <laughs> Imperial Stars two. Um, if you're looking for a really solid like two player, like you know space combaty type of game, that's a good one to definitely check out. One that we did not care for as much um, is Moonbase Alpha. By the same, I, like I said, I'm pretty sure Chris Taylor designed both games, and if I'm wrong, sorry about that. But uh, Moonbase Alpha is a is a more of a skirmish style game um, where you're playing opposing private military corporations that are fighting for control of like mining sites on the moon, and you spread your different troops out that you have. Um, you're trying to you know control resource spaces so that your company's stock goes up and that's what you're trying you're trying to reach a certain stock level for your company whoever is it's a race to get there first and whoever does that wins the game um one of the things that is kind of cool about this is that you also there's you each control this media satellite so when you fight um each other when you when you if you're combating um when you lose soldiers your company loses money and depending on how much money you lose your stock might go down but if you are um, if you're within sight of a media satellite, like if the satellite is near where the fight takes place, then your loss is actually double and, you know, potentially can tank your stock because public perception is working against you. Um, this one also has some like science cards. You get a hand of cards before the game that you can develop that are kind of like upgrades in this one. Um, and that's pretty much the game. Now, this one we did not care for um, very much. I cannot lie. I think I kind of erased this from my memory banks. Oh, you kind of shorted it out. I mean, we, we we played this one a good month ago. I know, but like you're going over this, and I cannot remember. Like I know we played it, but mm-hmm. I can't remember a damn thing from it. I think I just erased it because I did not like it that much. Well, there you go. How and, how awful is that? And well, and the reason I didn't like I said this this one, especially compared to Imperial Stars, which has a similar feel. Um, it, it's just the fiddliness. Like every time, 
you know, you you move and stop. You can sit there and, and fire at your opponent, which has to be done. You have to calculate stats and do these rolls, and then your opponent can counterattack. I don't need all that Yeah, it's, it, it just felt like it was kind of slogging as you went through the game. Um, this one also has, like, hidden action plans. Like, each, each turn you plan what actions you're going to do that round. And so especially with the developing of the science cards get a little frustrating because with the science cards, you literally roll two dice. And if you achieve a certain number, then you get to develop the card. If you don't, Oh, well, you know, you can't do much. There's, there's ways you can try to reroll, but you're still dependent on, you know, whether you researched it successfully or not. This one, like I said, this one just doesn't, it just didn't click with us. Um, Mm -hmm. And especially like, I was like, oh, maybe we should play it again. Maybe we're a little more on the fence. Then once we played Imperial Stars, I'm like, I don't think we need to base Alpha anymore <laughs> because this like, Imperial Stars just blew it out of the water right. in terms of what we're sort of looking for from that style of game. Right. Like I said, we were looking for a nice little, not fill, well, power filler. That mm-hmm. can work into the power filler category yeah. for us, I think. But yeah, I really, I would, I definitely prefer Imperial Stars to Moon, Moonbase Alpha. Yeah, so so like I said, not and, and I mean, they're not they're based not, on the fact that I remember Imperial well, that, Stars. Well, that too. <laughs> and like I said, they're not identical. Like if I had to compare Moonbase Alpha to anything, it would probably be sort of like Nexus Ops, kind of sort of. So think of that style of gameplay. But yeah, for whatever reason, it just didn't it just didn't take with us. So that's mm. that's one that we're not going to be uh, keeping in our collection. I don't think. Um, next on the list is one I've been trying to find forever now and finally got my grubby little paws on, and that's the Castles of Burgundy, the card game. Castles of Burgundy holds a special place in my heart because it was one of the first games that we got when we first started into the hobby here. And, and we played it incessantly when we yes, first got we it. Yes, we played it a lot, and I love it. And actually, we busted it out a couple weeks ago. He goes, hey... You know, we got an hour left before he wakes up from his nap. Let's play this. I'm like, awesome. We haven't played that in forever. And it was so much fun. Still so much fun, even Mm. though we have so many other games. Love it. The the card game I found to be interesting. Um, It's (laughs) it it manages to to capture the feel of Castles of Burgundy, right? Castles of Burgundy, (laughs) but while being completely different in the way the game actually kind of plays out. So in this one, as the title would indicate, is a card game that is pretty much that and that's essentially the only components in the game are all the cards that it comes yes. with um you have this big deck of cards and you shuffle them up before the game starts and every round you're going to deal out a number of them to this tableau area that have each and it varies based on player dice. count right yeah the size of the tableau area varies based on player count um and you pl- you deal them next to these cards that ha- that represent different one of each of six different sides of a, of a six-sided die, basically. Mm-hmm. And on your turn, and then you get each player gets dealt a number of cards as well. And each card has a picture of a building on it, um, but it also has one of these die facings at the top of it as well. So depending on what you're using the card for, whether it's you know part of your player deck that you're turning over every turn, or whether it's the building that you're buying from the center row, is determined how what part of the card gets used. So, mm-hmm. you know, as usual, I appreciate multi-use cards. Um, but the gameplay is kind of similar to regular Castles Burgundy, where when it's your turn, you flip over two cards from your individual player deck, and you choose one of the dice faces on that card and do an, a- <coughs> excuse me, do an action with it. And that action could be purchase a building from the center and put it into your projects area. Take a building that's in your projects area and put it into your player tableau. Mm-hmm, right. Get workers. If this sounds familiar, it's because it's basically the same actions that castles of burgundy has um and it goes through you know a number of rounds now in this game the difference is instead of having like a map that you're trying to fill in spaces you're making sets of the colors of cards correct so you're trying to get you know a set of ships so set of three blues or a set of you know the beige buildings set of those because when you do those set those sets are going to be worth a number of victory points. At the now end the, the animals, instead of like where Castles of Burgundy rewards you for keep for getting the same animal, this one mm. you want to get different animals. Yeah, because you score points based on how many different animals you have in your pasture. Right at the end of the game, um, you can also acquire goods, much like Ken Castles of Burgundy, and, and they can also them. be sold for victory points as usual. Like I said, it's, it's it, it 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 ticks a lot of the same boxes. Um, the biggest difference is the set collection aspect of the game and much like in burgundy as well the first person to complete each set gets a A bonus bonus. card as well that'll score them points at the end of the game now 
I enjoyed the game. It was a little long. It was a little long for what it was. I, I 100% agree for it's you with that. a little bit long. The other thing that I think hurts this game. It's tiny cards. I don't mind that either. I don't See, mind that either. I don't like the tiny cards. You know, I'm not a fan of the tiny cards. I think that's more of a necessity for a packaging and shipping standpoint. I mean, that makes standpoint. sense. Yes. You, but you, to keep the price point low, they have to be tiny. The thing that I didn't care about the game now, and this is going to sound silly because obviously in regular Castles of Burgundy, the game is, of course, very luck dependent because you are relying on the dice that you roll. The thing I didn't care about for the card game is that it's luck dependent based on the type of buildings that are going to be available. Because in in Big Burgundy, you know that there are always going to be at least a couple of ships available every round, at least one mine available every round. You know, a cer- uh, there, there's a certain number of each type of buildings. But I remember in this game that we played in the card game, it took forever for ships to yeah, come out. like ships just didn't appear just because they happen to not appear out of the deck. So you are completely beholden to how the cards get dealt and that might lead to difficulties you know playing out certain sets or Uh and and that kind of thing so that part of it i really did not care for i can Um, agree with that and it it just it's 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 when you when you take something that's something something the card game there's an expectation that it's going to play shorter and, you know, do some of the same things, but, you know, give you like a smaller experience of that game. But And can I say the footprint of this thing is oh, just so as big enormous. as regular Castles of Burgundy. Well, I think it can take just like we can knock out a game of Castles of Burgundy in like 50 minutes. And maybe Probably less than that. Right. And maybe and maybe with this game, like we can knock like once we're more familiar with the flow of play, we can right. knock it down to like 30. But that's. I, like at that point, I might as well just like, play regular castles. I feel, castles of I feel like this should be like a fifteen to twenty minute game. Ideally, yeah. Ideally, yeah. unless unless it's just not what they're going for. Um, but I'd rather just play regular castles of Burgundy. You know what I mean? Like, like to me, like I'd rather have that that puzzle filling in the map. Now that being said, this could be relegated to like a travel game, right? Yeah. Like I, I don't think we're going to get rid of the game because we did enjoy the game, right? But. It just—it's hard to. This could be like a vacation game or something. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to sit there and say, "Oh, you've got to get Castlesburg in the card game." It's terrific. Now, one thing that it has that I appreciate is it does have a solo mode. So I'll, you know, I'll check that out, and that might be where it fits into the niche for me. Um, but yeah, it's just—it's I can't sit here and say, "Oh, this is a great game that you must go buy," because. I'm going to tell you just to go get regular right. Castlesburg, especially as cheap as you can I was, find. You know, find I was it, a so. little. A little disappointed because I was kind of excited for it, and then mm. it let me down a little bit. Yeah, a little flat. Not a bad. I mean, it's not a bad game though. No, it really no, isn't. not at all. Um, just it's 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 a hard thing to to put my finger on, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's Castle of the a card game. Um, kind of middling reactions, but we're gonna keep it. Um, we'll see. Maybe we'll see how we feel about it a little bit later on. Uh, next on the list, we busted out Fleet with the Arctic Bounty expansion. Um, we've actually had it for a while now. Mm-hmm. And Fleet's, I, Fleet, Fleet's one of those games that... I don't know why we don't play this more. Right. Like, we, like whenever we've we played play it, it quite a few times, and yeah. we love it. Well, whenever, so Fleet is one of those games that whenever we play it, we're, we're very satisfied, and we're like, man, this is a great game. We should play this all the time. And then it goes like six months before we bust it out again. Um, for those that don't know, Fleet is a card game um that's an auction game really because you're you're auctioning off different fishing licenses and once you have the the, fishing license you're allowed to send out boats to go catch that type of fish and boats will get you victory points once they're once they're at sea and the licenses actually get you bonuses bonuses, they get you victory points as well um catching fish gets you victory points there's lots of different ways to earn points but it's it's a cool game and what's what makes it stand out is that it's a game where your resources are very restricted and you have Uh to be very clever and and really take advantage of those bonuses that the fishing licenses get you to to play well absolutely and we we talk on this show about how expansions you know should take a great game make them better shouldn't fix a bad game that sort of thing and there aren't we haven't come across a lot of expansions that i would consider like must buys like there's a handful of them out there but i think that arctic bounty this one should be a must buy fantastic and it takes fleet from a from already being a very good game which it was before and puts it like like this this for me 
like is like a top to quote, is like a top thirty game. To right quote now. Brad, when we finished playing, he goes, "Oh my god, that was phenomenal! It was great." Like, <laughs> and here's the thing: like, so so the reason why the expansion is so awesome is because it takes the the few you know cracks that are in fleet and it papers over them. So like in regular fleet, if you don't buy a license, which happens often, you're just kind of not doing anything that turn, right? In but this game, with yeah. This, if you don't, if you choose not to buy a license, you get the fisherman card. Yeah, they 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 give you like a gone fishing card, which can, if you save it till the end of the game, it's worth two victory points. Or you can, and most more likely, you're going to use it during the game as two bucks. And in a game where money is super tight, it it just helps kind of grease the wheels and and keeps things flowing. It and makes definitely, it, I tell you what, I think this was the game where we bought the most licenses I've ever seen us buy. Right, and that's and that's things like like standard fleet is very unforgiving, mm-hmm. and in 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 some games that's really good, but. In fleet, I think it actually benefits from being a little bit looser, and it doesn't take it so far that it's like, oh, now I can buy anything I want. Like your resources are still oh, super tight. So what I really enjoyed was mm-hmm. the fact that before we started, we actually got to pick which licenses were in the game mm-hmm. because the the regular fleet, what is it? It's king crab, cod. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and and that's the other thing is that regular fleet you're playing with the same set of cards and the strategies are the same. But in this one, since the since you play put in a different, you know, you have a random setup essentially each game. Right. So like this one, a lot of diversion you get, strategies. You get char. We had oysters and what else? There was a couple other ones. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, wow. I was like, all right, let's uh, but let's each mix it but up. each each license brings with it different abilities that you can that you can do. Oh, there's that's the other thing. Remember, mm. there's the um the oh what are they the cards well, that come so out? So they have so they have other um the other thing that's cool about it is that they add these um what the these special going? boats basically that you can get, and instead of sending out one of your own ships out of your hand, you can actually buy these other boats. And they have the tugboat, which is great because the tugboat basically hauls in boats for you every about. turn. Um, and then. At any time later in the game, you can basically get rid of that tugboat to get the cards that have been building up on it. So it's a great way to provide influx to your hand. No, I'm talking about the crew members. Because you remember every so often mm. it'll pop out and you have to add crew members to the to, to the, the cards. Yes. Yeah. And then you get those crew members. Yeah, which give you like little player powers that are right. that are pretty nifty as some well. Some of them are a one off, some of them mm. are, you know. Yeah, and it's just like I said, it's just it it's just made fleet like really streamline and really flow well and i think that uh i think we'll be playing it a lot more now well we will and 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 if you and if you don't have fleet and you're looking for a really good um like auction game that works well at lower player counts that has a lot of well, different think, ways to tackle it it's great and the arctic bound expansion is really like kind of takes the rough edges off of the base yeah, game. Yeah, I think that's why we like it so much is because it is so hard to find an auction type game that works well with two, mm. and this one just kind of jives really, really well. Right, and it's it's like I said, I just I love the give and take in Fleet. I love how restrictive the game can be, and and really makes you make like smart choices because like if you just start throwing out ships left and right and captaining them like like crazy without building up your resources first then you're going to take a couple of turns to kind of limp along but it, it it gives you ways to keep you in the game and not feel like disengaged from it as you're going along mm-hmm. so it's it's a great expansion um if you haven't played fleet with the arctic Battle expansion i highly recommend it yes um it is it is very good and we liked it quite a bit um the next game we're going to talk about <laughs> is 221B Baker Street. And I know that 221 Baker Street is a game because it came in a box and it has a board and it has components and rules and things of that nature. But that's a, that's about as far as I'm willing to go to classify this as a board game. Because really what 221B Baker Street is, it's a really crappy adaptation of Clue. And in 221B Baker Street, you're trying to go around to different buildings to solve a case, and you're not actually solving anything. You're just hoping that you pick the right place to go into. Right, you're just getting fragments of clues that once you have the necessary information, you can easily put everything together and and solve the mystery. Um, How you play in 221 Baker Street is you roll a six-sided die, and you move a number of spaces on that six-sided die. Hated it. And if you don't go to... If you don't have enough 
movement to get to one of the buildings to find a clue, that's all you do on your turn is you move and then play, play passes to the next player. And then once you do get to a building, you it, there's a number on the back of a card and you look in a book and it gives you part of a clue. And then eventually you can have enough clues and then you go back to your house and you tell people what the mystery is. And if you're blah, wrong, blah, then you then you just lose. It sucks. It it's is. a very bad game. And look, it's a product of its time. Like it came out in the seventies. I get that. Don't play 221 B Baker but Street. Jesus, it was terrible. Don't play this game. If you, I wanted if you to tear want, my hair out. If you want a real good deduction game, just play Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, please. Which takes away the the pretense of needing to be a board game and gets down to what makes the game good, which is actual investigation and, and actual deduction. I hated this game. <laughs> Tally Ho's another game that we played. <laughs> oh, don't even go there. This is, well, man, this, this, this game's, is, I, I didn't hate Tally Ho. I didn't hate it either. I just found it very mundane. But it was a miss on my part because you told me to pick a game and I picked this one and it was I'm a miss. I'm not holding that against you. I'm not. I'm not. Tally, Tally Ho is a game in the two-player Cosmos line. It's a classic game. It's been around a long time. Uh, one player is the bear and foxes in the wilderness. Uh, the other player is a hunter and a lumberjack. And these... Characters are represented on tiles that are on a 7x7 grid that start face down. When it's your turn, you can either flip a tile face over or face up, or if you have one of your player tiles on the board, you can move that tile. Um, Hunters are trying to kill uh, the different wildlife areas. That gets them points. Hunters can kill the ducks and the foxes. Yeah, there's there's ducks and pheasants, too, out there that are neutral. Um, Lumberjacks are trying to cut down trees. Yep. Uh, Foxes are trying to kill the pheasants and the ducks. And bears are trying to kill the hunters and the lumberjacks. So when you... <laughs> it's a big, goofy-looking bear, yes. too. Uh, when you when you capture a tile, it goes in your little player area. Uh, the game goes until all the tiles have been turned over, and then there's a couple turns as the different, different uh, characters try to escape the forest. And if you can get your people to escape, you also get to collect points for them as well. And whoever has the most points at the end of it wins. Um, the game is fine. There's nothing wrong with the game. It just didn't really do anything for me. It's too simple. It's for very us. it's very simple. Like I said, it'll be good for him one day. Yeah, and, and that's and and that's really all there is to it. Like I mean it's it's it really is not it's pretty obvious what you should be doing on most turns. Mm-hmm. Um now I will say this. Um when you flip over the tiles, you have to keep them oriented whichever way they are because mm-hmm. that, that it matters for the hunter because his, that, his, he can his only gun shoot is pointing yeah, a certain way, so he pointing. can only shoot in that direction. Yeah, so I mean, and and it's hard to find anything to say about this game because it literally exists and doesn't do much else than that. And it's a perfectly competent game. Um, it's a, I think it's a great game if you have someone who's like a beginner, um, maybe to get them into gaming a little Be good bit for kids. Because it would engage yeah. them with the goofy little cartoon characters yep. and everything. So it's it's a fine game, um, just not one that we will be revisiting very often. That's no. Tally Ho. Um, so that's it for what we've been playing. Uh, when we come back, we will be talking all about S in 2016 and the games that we are the most excited about. So stay tuned. back so Essen 2016 is right around the corner um and we did a we did a preview for Gen Con and that was fun mm-hmm. and then as we were doing research for Essen there are just some really really good games coming out around Essen obviously if you were more of the of the euro style gamer um Essen is more the convention for you because that's this is where most of the big euro games for the year <laughs> release um so we we looked through uh the big BGG list uh, that is collated by W. Eric Martin of the Spiel 2016 preview, and we came up with a few games that we just are going to have to have when uh, when Essen is when Essen comes. Now, out. mind you, we have not actually compared our lists yet. We have so not. This is going to be this complete. is going to be interesting. <laughs> so we will. So basically, we'll see. Uh, because I've literally had to do this on my lunch breaks at work and try and watch in my car, like sit mm-hmm. in my car and watch videos on my phone. So so, so we're just going to be rapid this firing might, this stuff th- back. This and might forth. be a little. I don't know. I might be a little disjointed here, but well, I can't so, help that. Well, we're either going to agree on stuff or 
one of us is going to have to defend their pick to the other one, basically, in the struggle to find out if we spend the money or not on these games. Oh, um, my G. But let's start off with the, this This game. I don't. I can't remember the last time I was this excited for a board game that was coming Jesus out. Jesus Christ, I already know. You're going to talk about Feast for Odin. Oh, my goodness. This game looks amazing. <laughs> Let me turn to the next page in my book, please. This game looks amazing. This, this is the new game from Uwe Rosenberg. Who has become our homeboy of late. Yes. And... <laughs> It looks like it basically takes the action selection and and like resource gathering of Fields of Arla, which we liked a lot and need to play again. Yes. Um, and combines that with the board with the tile laying and 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 shape making of patchwork. And this game looks really cool. And it looks incredible, and it comes in a big giant box, and it's going to weigh 800 pounds. And it's got my favorite thing where you have the negative points that you have to yes. work around and try and, you yes. know, combat. And it's got and it's got Vikings, which is the theme du jour this year, it seems like. But that's okay, because Vikings are cool and haven't been done to death by other properties, except for board games yet. And it's just neat. And there's, I'm just, I'd rather have Vikings than zombies. Yeah. Just saying. And, there, and there's a board with... with like I think it's like sixty action spaces that oh you can my choose God. from. Sixty unique action yes. spaces. Thank you very much. And and it's terrific. And it's just and it's not like brutalizing in the way that Agricola is. Like you have to feed your people, but it's not incredibly crazy. And this game just looks pretty tremendous. Like this this pretty. game looks like it's going to be just the production a I've game. seen in the videos that I've watched is just amazing. Are you as excited as I am about it? You're probably not. As excited I'm not as as, I am. as excited as you. So like like on our list but that's here because it's making my wallet hurt. Well, on our list here, like I put stars <laughs> next to the games that that I really am looking forward this to. This one had like nine stars, like nine next, stars to it. next to it. I cannot wait for Feast for Odin. Um, if you haven't seen it, there there there's a play playthrough video on YouTube that you can find that you can check it out. Um, Tom Vassell's also done a review for it. Well, and I will say, just looking like when they actually showed a shot of all the actions, mm-hmm. I was a little overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be looking at this thing when we set this up. I'm gonna be like, "Holy my!" But Jesus, it's but it's like Fields of Arla, where you can't do everything immediately. Like you're you are somewhat limited in the actions you can do, especially because you only have a certain number of workers, and the worker like each action space requires a certain number of workers to be spent in order to take the action. So like early in the game, you only have six workers. You're probably not gonna use many of those three and four worker action spaces. But later in the game, um, when you have like 10, 11, 12 workers, you you know you can start factoring those in your plan. So it just looks really cool. Um, again, I haven't been this excited for a new board game in quite some time, but I cannot wait to dig into Feast for Odin. It's going to be fantastic. Hmm. So what's so what what is your what what game are you looking forward to the most from Essen? Um, I should say I'm looking through my list right now trying to figure this out because there was two of them that I really liked a lot, mm-hmm. but I don't know that one that I'm really like super excited about one more than the other. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll just throw one out there because we're gonna get to that one eventually. The anyway, so. Daedalus sentence, yeah, it did look interesting, did it? So, this one I was drawn in because the board is very unique, it has different rings and you can and like each turn there's cards and you have to shift the rings based on the cards and it what it did what really what kind of sucked me in is because it's a space prison and bradley and i love some terrible terrible action movies one of which was um was lockout Mm -hmm. yes where he's in a space prison. <laughs> I don't think this is going to be anything like Lockout. Yes, but it's a space prison. So that's why, like, I, I no, I start watching a thing. It's like, you're in space prison. And I immediately think of Lockout because I'm like, oh, Jesus, space prison. Anyway. Um, this is a cooperative game. But also, basically. So. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but basically, you're trying to break out. You're trying to work your way and not get caught by the, uh, I forget what they're called. But uh, the, I mean, it just it looks very very interesting. Like I said, I love the board. Like I said, the fact that it's an ever changing board. You're never gonna have the same game twice because it's all based on what cards pop out and this that and the other. What are the names? What are the um the bad guys called? Oh, I don't remember what the what they're actually called. I, I didn't research this one as much as you did. I just I gave it kind of a look. All I did was look. watch a video. Jeez. Well, I didn't even you do that like much. I did like in depth research. This I watched a video. A, this was on Kickstarter for whatever reason. I either missed it or it just didn't strike me when I first saw it. But it's um, 
Yeah, this one well, looks it interesting. Mama. Yeah, this one this one looks interesting just because you have that 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 board that changes constantly and and you do have to work together. Um, it looks like a fun little co-op game. I like the space theme as well. Um, that's space pretty. Space theme is always good in my opinion. Yeah. So yeah, this this one. Um, I am all. This was also in my list too. Was it? Okay. Good. It was. <laughs> um, but it's it's one where. All, all I need is one review to come I out. I literally to confirm it reminds for me. me of a terrible action movie. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, that this one I will just have to wait and see. Um, I need one good review and I'll, and that'll push me over the edge. That's that's really all I need. Sorry for coughing in your ear, guys. Um, if we're gonna keep with the space theme, the new game from Hobby World, um, the the board game version of Master of Orion, that's on my list. Looks very interesting. <laughs> um, Master of Orion is that's a right PC. Below that one. This is a PC like um, civilization style game that I've never played because I don't really play PC games. Um, I but, watched the Dice Tower review on this. Yeah, and Tom Vassell was like, "Oh my god, I love this game. I played it on PC." Yeah, yeah, but so what this one is though, it, it's actually like a tableau building the game that sort of reminds me of like Race for the Galaxy or San Juan or or things of that nature. Um, where it's it's actually a card game. Where you, you know, you have a certain number of resources that you can use every turn and, you know, you can use those to play out different cards that'll give you different special abilities. And I love, I love me some tableau builders. They're a lot of fun. Um, there's been some questions about this one as far as like the component quality might not be so great. Um, as long as it's not going to disintegrate in my hands, I don't think I care too much about that. Um, but yeah, Masters of Ryan looks really interesting. Um, I'm, I definitely, uh, I definitely want to see more about that and am inclined to pick that one up. Uh, whenever it does come out over here, so. Um, the colonists. Oh, you're in on this. I thought for sure I was gonna have to be defending this to you. No, no, no. So like, I love I, this one. When I watched the video, I felt like you're in. You're actually in like complete control of your destiny, mm. as it were. Well, th- this is this is the new one from Lookout Games that's coming out. That's their new like caverna size box, basically. If that makes sense. Okay. Like that much crap is going to be inside. But of the I game. like just reading it because I couldn't find a lot of stuff on it. But what I was mm-hmm. reading was that like you control everything. You upgrade the buildings. You create jobs for your people. You do that. I mean, you do everything. So you are in complete control, which a lot of games I feel like you're not in complete control. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a nice change of pace. It's kind of cool too because the, the premise of the game is you're trying to, it's like an, you know, it's 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 like a you know resource management game, but you're trying to keep all of your workers working. Essentially, you're trying to make sure they all stay in jobs, which makes the buildings pump out as well. Um, it's also so that got you can upgrade them, mm, and it's got some tiling too. Uh, it's got like a modular board. Looks very very interesting. Um, the thing that I find also intriguing about the game is that it very it can very much vary in length. So like you can it, you can play this game in one to five hours. Basically, depending on, you know, how full the game you play, because apparently the full game takes place over like four in-game years and each one of those takes about an hour to do. Holy so, poop So you can have like an epic, epic Euro day, or if you just want to shorten it up and just, you know, get in quick and dirty, you can play like a one year to your game. So that looks really neat. But yeah, I'm, I'm like Em said, the details are a little bit more scarce on this one, um, or at least most of the details that are out there are like in German, so you can't. Yeah, really, as I said, I, yeah. I found one video. It's in German. I'm like, well, poop. Yeah, so you can't. <laughs> so, so unless you speak German, you can't really discern much. But yeah, Colonist <laughs> looks very interesting. Um, looks like a real nice, like our style of heavy Euro game. Yes. That'll be that will dig a lot. Well, good. I'm glad we're doing good here so far. So far, um, so I wasn't fire away, Papa. One that I wasn't initially interested in. When I first heard about it, but then got more interested in once I did a little more research was Key to the City, London. From, <laughs> That's on my list, Yeah, too. from Richard Breeze. This is a new game in the Key series. Um, essentially, what this is, is a more streamlined version of Keyflower. Which I loved, and he got rid of. Because I thought you didn't like it. We've talked about this before. <sighs> um, and I was, I was, I've had Keyflower on, like, my... Like my want list or like my trade list, and and to, to to reacquire it because I'm like, well, we shouldn't have gotten rid of it in the first place. So let's try to get it back. But now the key to the city is coming out. I may just wait. <laughs> I just get this instead because I like a city builder. It's it, well, it's a cool city builder. Um, I like city builders. It does the the auctions the same way that Keyflower does, where you you know stake a certain number of keeples or meeples or whatever the hell you want to call them. They call them keeples They're in keeples. all the key games. Yeah, um, and you can use your opponent's stuff too. So it's, 
it, it looks very interesting. Um, I want to research it more to see, you know, exactly how it plays and what exactly is and different. See if it'll really be a good fit for us. But like I said, if, if this is essentially just Key Flower. With, with refinements, a London theme. yeah, with refinements <laughs> and a London theme too. Um, then I'm just going to pick this up instead of worrying about picking up Keyflower again because that'll scratch the itch and that's fine. Dead air, dead air. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Okay, what do I want to see next to see if you agree with me? Okay, so here's what I'm kind of on the fence about mm-hmm. just because I'm not sure how it'll be with. Just two. Okay. Um, that was Innis. Uh, I am also more on the fence about this one as well. I watched the Shut Up and Sit Down. Um, those two were really, really all about it, and they usually kind of fall in line with us as far as what they like. They were, but they also, um, they also really like Cyclades and and um, Kemet and Kemet, which this is from the same designers, and this is sort of a, or actually, I don't know the same designers, but it is. The third game spiritually in that line of games, right. quote unquote. Um, and you're right; I have the same concerns as you. As I'm not sure how this would go with two players, um, especially I think the one that they showed was like a four player game, wasn't it? Something like that. Um, the art on this one is really nice, though. Like it's a beautiful looking game. It is, and I like the theme too because it's it's um, it's Celtic themed, and you don't really see that a whole lot Mm-mm. in in many games, especially like this where it's dudes on a map. Yeah, this was also like. Um, not on my definite list, but this is on my maybe kind like, of sort of list. It was on my radar, but I was a little worried. This, I mean, if I'd say if you have three or four players that you play with regularly, this is one you want. If you have two players, you might want to do a little bit more scrutinizing before you you dive in on it. Um, one that I don't think you have on your list that I'm actually jazzed about is Solified. I got it on my list. Oh, it is. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> This is the new game that's sorry. coming out. I'm sorry to like shout in your ear. I'm very excited that we're really like clicking on this. Yeah, there's not, there's not as much dissension we, here. We didn't do this together at all. So like, yeah. I'm really surprised that we haven't had any that we've disagreed I'm not on yet. Surprise. Um, really? Yeah, Sol- Solified is the new um, game from Jason Matthews, who is the designer, one of the designers of Twilight Struggle. Um, he also did 1960 and Founding Fathers. Um, so I'm assuming that this is going to be. In that line of like a card driven game, um, the subject matter is also interesting. Where it's it's, it's a biblical game. It, it's about the it's about the 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 Catholic Reformation in the 1500s with like Martin Luther. And while we aren't religious people, I do find a lot of that that subject enjoy, matter interesting. So I enjoy a game that keeps me engaged and teaches me at the same time. Right, and that's I, I have a feeling this will definitely do that. Um, there's not a whole lot to say. There's so plenty said, of information. I think it will be unique because I don't think we have any games of a biblical nature yeah. in our collection. There's a, there's a decent amount of information out there about this, but if you enjoy um, Jason Matthews' other offerings, um, his card-driven games, I have a feeling that this will be right up your alley. And with two players... No brainer. Like this is going to be. This should be really good, and I'm looking forward to checking it out when it comes out in November. Okay, um, I got another Rosenberg game on my list here. Do you? I do. I think I know what it is. Uh, at the Gates of Luyang. Yes, it's also on mine. <laughs> this is a. This game's been out for a while. This is, I believe. Correct me if I'm. Well, you I mean, listeners, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the third game in the quote-unquote Harvest Trilogy, along with Agricola and Le Havre. Uh, but this one's also been out of print forever and very expensive and hard to find. But TMG uh, is reprinting it in the U.S., and now this game that has been hard to find forever will be very easy to find and readily Good, available, which is going to be great. I'm excited to play. Right, and, and I want this predicated on the fact that we have enjoyed his other Harvest games that he's put out and like I said I was watching like a short little overview quick play video Mm -hmm. and I like that you have like your little field card and you have you know your the all the pieces look really nice too like the little the production on it looks really well Mm -hmm. put together it's nice and bright I like the bright ones I don't like the drab games (laughs) well I also like that this one instead of like just building up crops and stuff for the purpose of like building and building and building like you're actually selling a lot in this game yes so you're meeting market demand basically yes like you have regular customers which you have to satisfy each week and then you have sometimes your your wild card customers and uh oh and the one 
It's actually because it's I think it's nine rounds and your one field acts as like your round counter, so you know mm-hmm. when the game's about to end. Yeah, this one, this one again, it, it looks cool. Um, TMG always puts out nice productions, so that it should be produced well. And uh, if you've been trying to get your hands on this one and haven't wanted to pay a hundred dollars to do it before, then. Get it for 40 when it comes out later this fall. Um, there's only one game I have left on my list that is not an expansion, um, and that is Tramways, which we've already backed on Kickstarter, so we knew we were getting it regardless. <laughs> um, this is a very stylish-looking uh, train game uh, that's coming out, which has some very interesting route building, where you're actually trying not only to build routes and and deliver passengers around the city, um, but you're also trying to keep your passengers happy and keep, keep them from getting overworked right. and stuff like that. You don't that. want to keep them at work. You want to take them to go play and take them to yeah. go home. And It looks very interesting. It looks really fun. Yeah. And I, and I, I think a few episodes ago we probably talked about Tramways a little bit more, so we're not going to dive too far I into it remember. here. Um, but yeah, this it's one... It's pick up and deliver. Mm, well, that's right up your alley then. So. <laughs> you know... I uh, I'm looking forward to that. Do it's... you do you have any not expansions left on your list? Yes. Okay. Um, but this is also an on the fence one, and that is Power Grid the card game. I the only thing I'm worried about with this one is it's going to suffer the same exactly. issues that Power so Grid that's, suffers. That's what I put on here, right? Because as I'm reading about it, it says you're playing and there's a corporation. You know, third AI within mm. a two-player game, which I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind that part of it. The thing that I mind. I'm just that I'm worried, worried about, about how it's going to play, though. Well, see, what I'm worried about is that the reason that Power Grid did not, excuse me, stick with us is because in a two-player game, it was too easy to do what you wanted. Well, in a two-player game, it wasn't hey, light up the most cities. It was hey, you guys are both going to light up your 21 cities on the same turn. So whoever has the most money. At the end of the game, Pretty is probably much. going to win. So it's it, it to me like if 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 cities and having the most cities is your victory condition, it should be easier to block players from doing it. Um, obviously, the card game is going to handle this a little bit differently. Um, I'm also concerned about the auction because in Power Grid, the thing that I hated about the auction, especially in a two player game, is that as long as there was another power plant in the marketplace that you could live with, even if it wasn't your top choice. There was zero incentive to bid high on anything if you could get another power plant for mm-hmm. the the minimum market value, which is a which is a problem that a lot of two player auction games suffer from. And like we talked about Fleet earlier, um, and Fleet avoids that by making it so that even if you are spending minimal amounts of money on a fishing license, like that's still a that's still a, a high tax on your resources because exactly. you're getting rid of cards out of your hand. But in Power Grid, like once you get to a certain point in the game, money is like whatever. Like you have mm-hmm. enough money to do whatever you need to do. Um so yeah, like I'm I'm skeptical of the card game for that reason. And that's yeah. I was just like I said, I was interested because I was mm. hoping maybe it would give it better two player experience, but I'm not hopeful that it will. We'll wait to see more. Um yeah, this this one wasn't. I didn't even consider it just because I'm just like, uh, if it's gonna be like regular power grid, it's not gonna work well for two right, players. Right, right. So, yeah. Anything else that's not not expansions? No, I I have four expansions that are on. I my have four list. expansions. Oh, it's probably the same four. All right, well let's <laughs> let's go through this. So the first one on my list is the Orleans Handel and Intrigue expansion. Yes. Um, we haven't even gotten the the invasion expansion for Orleans yet. Which we're very much looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, this one looks interesting as well. This one gives you like an extra little board for mm-hmm. like, what is it, a prestige board or something like that? Mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, interesting. Well, and also, it, it has apparently it has a different beneficial deeds board, which I I hope I'm gonna like because the biggest problem that I have with the beneficial deeds board in the regular version of Orleans I don't is that feel the need to do it. Oh, I feel the need to do it, but I don't, but I go after the same, you know, basic spaces every single game. Like, like I go after the, I tackle the same areas mm-hmm. because obviously like you're going to go to the three coin areas first. And then, you know, if you need the knowledge area, you're going to go to that bottom track there. So I'm hoping that the beneficial deeds board adds different, um, variants to the game. That'll be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, new buildings, of course, will be in there, and that'll be nice. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. We really like Orleans. Um, I'm really looking forward to the Invasion expansion, but I'm hoping that this one is going to be solid pick as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the Deus expansion. Of course. Yeah, De- <laughs> Deus is pretty great. We love this game. Now, that being said, 
There is one thing that I don't like about this expansion. I don't like the fact that you're technically supposed to either replace the regular cards that come with the game with yes, it, or you can mix I and did, match. I did see that. I... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's the only part that I'm a little... That I'm a little. I don't know why you about. can't just mix them in with the other cards as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, I mean it's probably it probably weakens some of the some of the ways the that they synergize together. Right. I would imagine. Um, I don't like it just because I hate having to sort cards like that that, that often because I'm lazy. Jesus, Han. Right. Well, I mean that's uh, like when like when we got the Valley of the Kings expansion and they're like, oh, like this is supposed to replace it, or you can mix them. Out. Just, I kind of like rolled my eyes, like, oh my god, like this is gonna be a pain in the butt. Um, that's yeah, why we play them separate, right? But we really like Deus. Um, it's a great game, and I'm hoping that this is interesting enough to. Well, and this is a cool because doesn't have the it has the the wonder it's or it has like the what what did they call it. I don't, I don't recall. I don't remember. So. But um, we, like I said, it, it looks cool though. Um, I'll tell you one one that I'm on the fence about, just because I'm not sure. Hyperborea. Yes, man, we are <laughs> we are on it today. Um, I, so it's not that Hyperborea couldn't use an expansion. I'm not sure this is the right expansion right, like for the, us. It'll have like light and dark cubes that do different things that I'm assuming give you like different special abilities of some kind. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just not sure. It was, so when it's talking about these soul cubes, all, you know, the whole, the the first thing that I thought of was Diablo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) See, but for me, like if I, like if, if they're going to do an expansion for Hyperborea, I would have just liked more of what's in the game. Like I would have liked different map tiles. I would have liked different technologies, maybe different powers to use for the factions that were in the game or different factions, even that you could, that you could pull out different bad guys. Maybe that you go after. Yeah. Like neutral or yeah. Like like instead of having just the ghost, you could do, you could do different things with that. Um, Maybe throw a troll in here. There's something. something. And plus like, like I think it's, if I'm not mistaken, it's supposed to release at Essen. But there's not a ton of details about it. Like, oh, aside no. from the blurb like, that's on the website. Pretty much that's it. Yeah. That's the only thing I could find was a little blurb saying, oh, it's got light cards, it's got dark cards, it's got these soul cubes, it's got this. Yeah, and and, and like so we love Hyperborea. Like, like, it's a game that I feel is vastly underrated. Like, I think it's a really good game um, that a lot of people haven't played. But I just don't know if this expansion is what it needs. But if it's cheap and... The content that it adds is worthwhile. Then I'll pick it up in a heartbeat because right. we love that game. It's terrific. Um, Shocker of yeah. all shockers. Last one on the list. Seven Wonders Duel. Yeah, the Pantheon expansion adds different gods to the game that you can try to appease that give you special abilities. And But again, I'll throw a note of not caution, but a little note of annoyance that apparently they the... The I don't know what's I don't care what the I think they're Pantheon cards actually mm-hmm. they replace the the guild the cards, guild cards which Brad so I'm not sure how I feel Brad about. loves the guilds hunt it's three cards I know but the guilds are cool because they let you take advantage of oh. different strategies that the players are doing but I do I get it because in the two player game the guilds aren't quite as strategic as they are in like regular right. Seven Wonders Oops. because you can because it's not based on what always what you have it can be based on what your opponent has as well depending on who has more of whatever right, it is right. so and i like you said they're they're definitely not as lucrative as they are in a higher player count game in like regular seven wonders so. yes so but yeah the pan i mean anything with seven wonders duel i will probably insta buy pick up yeah um i don't think they're adding more regular cards to it kind of wish they would that might be kind of neat just to mix up the strategies a little bit with that one um, but yeah, uh, more technologies that they could do. That would yeah. be great if they did that. So, but yeah, Summoners, like I said, Summoners Duel is one of our top games. So it's, it's anything that comes out for that game is something that we will probably be picking up for sure. Yes, we love it. All right. Was there anything else on your list or? No, that was it. All right. That was all did, of mine as well. I did find a game after the show that I have to ask you about because I found this while I was well, what is it? researching. I might know. Uh, it's called Haven. Uh, that was on. Kickstarter. I, the, something about it caught I my think, interest, and I wanted to talk to you about it, and I totally forgot to. I okay. wrote myself a little note with a question mark here in my okay. in my note section. Well, we'll look into that, and uh, 
I don't know. We'll see. We'll see about it. But yeah. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, if you if your tastes line up with ours, that will give you a good insight of some stuff to look out for uh, that's coming I out. I can't believe we didn't have a single one we disagreed on. I'm actually disappointed. I know. I was. I was. <laughs> I was sitting there. I was ready to just like. I thought I'd have to justify like solify to you, and you're like, no, Tali struggles great. So I'm probably gonna like this too. I'm like, okay, great. That's that worked out well. So and the colonist, I wasn't sure either how you were gonna feel on that one. Like I said, it seems unique enough that it's I, I want it. <laughs> well I'll tell you what, if there's if there's anyone out there, if there's a two player supported game that you feel we we overlooked or just didn't pay attention to that's coming out of Essen. Shoot us in line. Like I said, let us know on Twitter, let us know in the guild, let us know on Facebook, whatever. I'm I'm curious to to gather more uh to more knowledge about this stuff. But yeah, like I said, based on what is coming out, these are the ones that I think are gonna be the best for two players and just the best games in general overall as well. So that is going to be it for us this week. Thanks for listening. Um, again, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and at Tabletop for Two. Uh, check us out in the Guild. And also, we are an affiliate of the TNP Studios Network. Go to thenerdpocalypse.com to check out all of the great shows in that network as well. So we would appreciate if you did that. And that's all for us. So hopefully we should be back on our regularly scheduled two weeks for our next episode. Um, thanks again for listening as usual. We will talk to you later. See ya. Thank you.